You know, you get things in there, they're in there. They may not be all filed in order, but they're in there. And every once in a while, you open the wrong file cabinet of your mind. You start thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking of. And our world makes it easy, so we have to guard ourselves. You know the horses that put the blinders on? The horses don't put the blinders on, but the owner does for them. But it's to keep their eyes on the task and not to be distracted. And so often I think we like walking around without the blinders. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Book of Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verses 8 through 14 this morning. Just going to read through the passage and then open us in prayer. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Father, I pray that you would enlighten us this day with your word, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do a work in our hearts and in our lives, that you would just open our hearts to receive from you this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. He speaks about fellowship in verses 11 and 12, but it's not the fellowship with the body of Christ, but there's a warning to not be in fellowship, as he says, as Paul says, the unfruitful works of darkness. He says in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, which are done by them in secret. I don't know if they're doing things so much in secrets anymore. It was so cute when that tree died out in the island out there, and I carved that cross into the little tree out there. My granddaughter felt that it would be great if we painted it like a rainbow. And I, sorry, we can't do the rainbow on the cross. I just stained it a color of wood. Now we know that the rainbow is part of the Word of God, right? It's a promise to us from the Word of God, but that rainbow also has been hijacked 
by a culture that says the rainbow means whatever sexuality, it's okay. And if you put a rainbow in front of your church, that means the church is saying, however you are sexually, we accept you here. So it's sad that our culture has taken a Christian symbol and has corrupted it so much so that the cross isn't a rainbow out in the island on our church property today. Now, we're to have no fellowship with. It's a word that speaks about sharing the company of, participating in with a group of people. We're to separate ourselves. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We like to use that verse for marriage or a boyfriend-girlfriend situation and, and a warning, and it's a good warning. You know, as a pastor, you're doing premarital counseling, and so often there's the mindset of the one who is a believer that they can change the person, and sometimes they can, but often what they end up doing is compromising. Often what they end up doing is being the person that gets changed, not closer in faith, but further away from their faith. It says, what Fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness. What communion has light with darkness. But years ago, as a brick mason, I was considering going into business with a partner. I never did go into business for myself. But at the time, our company was selling out. We're trying to get someone to take it over and all the equipment and everything. And there was only one guy in the whole crew. I thought that, you know what, I could work with this guy. He was a hardworking man but he wasn't a believer. And we were talking about the possibility of going into business with one another until a Christian brother of mine who also worked for that company said, John, you know, when scripture says, be not unequally yoked, it's not just talking about marriage. It's talking about businesses too. It's talking about our, you know, we can expand it to whatever. This guy had been in one of those situations where he had been in business with a non-believer and the non-believer was always wanting to compromise and cut corners. And eventually he sold his shares over to the non-believer because he could have no part of it. They had no communion. They couldn't agree on how to do business because one wanted to cheat and the other one wanted to do what was right. It's shameful to be in the unfruitful works of darkness. We're rather to expose them. It's shameful to even speak of those things which is done in secret. As I said, not so much secrets any longer. Gay pride parades throughout our country, they oftentimes should carry X ratings on them. But it is shameful to even speak about these things. And you know, I think the problem sometimes is that although we may not do it, but we are speaking about them. We participate in a different fashion. And there's a danger there. You know, our world... There are so many things. The unfruitful works of darkness. That word for unfruitful means to be barren. It's a sense of living an unproductive life, having no produce of anything of eternal value. We're not even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And we were all once part of this in Ephesians 2, 3. He tells the church of Ephesus, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. In chapter 4, verse 17, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. 
And in our culture today, they have made it easy. Those things which were done in secret that we're not even to be speaking of, we can bring them right into our homes through televisions, through movies, through the internet, through music, through books, magazines, and we can participate without anybody knowing that we're participating. And there's a danger there because when we expose ourselves to things that are not right, that are not truth, we get them into our mind. Remember when Jesus was talking about, just gave two examples of the Ten Commandments, but he talked about murdering and adultery. For a murderer, he said, you say, thou shalt not commit a murder, thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, anyone who even says to his brother, Raka, which means fool, you're in danger of the judgment. Now, Jesus was making it a spiritual issue. You're not a murderer, but you've had the thoughts. Oh, you've had the thoughts. The anger's been there that not for the grace of God holding you back, maybe. You've had the thoughts. Adultery, this is a tough one. In our culture today, they sell by sex. I mean, it's just kind of a given that depending on the age group, it gets even worse. But Jesus said, According to adultery, you shall not commit adultery. And they're talking about the physical act. Don't do that. I don't commit adultery. And he says, but I say unto you that if you lust upon a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Therefore, you've already committed the sin. You have to guard yourself in this culture, in this world. The world makes it easy to fall into these areas of sin. And once they get into our minds, you know, I remember things that I had seen or heard or saw from when I was a teenager. I'm not a teenager anymore. I haven't been for a long time. But I wish that my mind would forget. And some ways it has. Sometimes I think it has. And then it reminds me that it hasn't. I mean, it's just like this constant thing that... You know, you get things in there, they're in there. They may not be all filed in order, but they're in there. And every once in a while, you open the wrong file cabinet of your mind and you expose yourself all over again. You start thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking of. And the world makes it easy, so we have to guard ourselves. You know the horses that put the blinders on? The horses don't put the blinders on, but the owner does for them. But it's to keep their eyes on the task and not to be distracted. And so often I think we like walking around without the blinders. For it's shameful to even speak of these things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says... Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. To be exposed, made manifest by the light. Turn with me to John chapter 3. Think about this light and darkness. And Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he really expanded on this issue of light and darkness. I know we know verse 16 is probably the most famous 
verse in the New Testament, in the Bible, in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But it's really verses 17 through 21, where Jesus, he begins to explain this light versus darkness. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him, the world might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen, this verse is just a key verse to understand. If you believe in him, you are not condemned. But if you do not believe in him, you are already condemned. It's kind of like we began in Ephesians there, chapter 5, where it says that you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Don't believe in Christ, you're condemned. Don't believe in Christ, you're darkness. Believe in Christ, you're not condemned. Believe in Christ, you are light in the Lord. There's not a gray area between. You are either without Christ or you're with Christ. You are either in darkness or you are in or light. You are either darkness or you are light. You are either condemned or you are either not condemned. But verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. He who does the truth, we're not ashamed, we're not afraid, we're, in fact, it's this exposing to God's word, exposing to the light of God's word, that through the process, he cleans in Ephesians 5.26, that we are washed by the water of God's word, that he is cleansing us, that we would manifest, expose those things that are manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. The idea is the through the exposing of the unfruitful works of darkness, we can help others understand the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He said that in John 8, 32. And in verse 36 of John 8, he says, therefore, if the Son of Man sets you free, you shall be free indeed. But verse 14, it gives this sense, this flavor that therefore he says, awake, that it's a direct quote from the Old Testament, although we don't find it directly quoted in or from the Old Testament anywhere. It definitely has echoes of the Old Testament in it. It may have been some commentators believe that verse 14 of Ephesians 5 was a a section of a psalm or a song that Paul may have been quoting But awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Those who had their sins made manifest by the light have awakened from their slumber and have risen from the dead because Christ has given them light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let me bring this home for us here today. I think it is so important for us to walk 
as believers in Jesus Christ, to walk in the light because we are children of the light, to walk as children of the light, to walk in such a way that people think, you know, that there's something different about you. To have someone say when you're on the side of the road changing their tire and without even announcing that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, they say, you're a Christian, aren't you? I've had that happen before. I rarely introduce myself. There was a young teenage girl. I was changing her tire once, and she was talking to her dad. And I said to her, I said, tell your dad that I pastored the church in Lake Villa, and here's the phone number. I just wanted him to know his daughter was safe. And especially since I was in my leathers and on my motorcycle, it <laughs> probably even more so looked like I... I was looking at my old ponytail yesterday. Lily was cleaning. My hair's changed. It's gotten darker. So I put my old ponytail on top of my head. And uh, it's a lot lighter back then. It must have been, it was the end of the year that I cut it off. So it was still blonde from the summer or redder from the summer. But used to have this look that didn't necessarily look too pastoral-like. <laughs> Especially when I took my hair out of the ponytail and let my hair hang down. I don't know if I'd ever go back to that. They talk about it still. But it's how we live and conduct ourselves that people can judge us by. You can get past the look. I remember I told you guys this years ago, but we were in Mexico on this short-term missions trip, and we're coming to a way stop, and I don't know if it was a toll booth, it may have been, it was something like that, but man, we were in Mexico and I needed to go to the bathroom and I couldn't wait to get there. And when we got there, there was this motorcycle gang there and I'm thinking, oh great, you know. And I had my kids there and they were young and now I'm thinking about, I need to protect my kids. And then we get there and they were Christian motorcyclists. <laughs> and we ended up praying in a huge circle before we departed from each other. And you know, I ride a motorcycle, and yet I was judging the brothers and sisters who were in their leathers, which I probably get the same judgment every once in a while. But it's really by our conduct. It's how we conduct ourselves. We live in a world that says, you know what? Don't worry about it. We live in a church society in the United States that it's not really that different from the world. And it should be. There should be a, a stark difference when you fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. It, it should be such a radical difference that there should be easily tell the difference between darkness and light. And I fear that in our churches today, and perhaps in some ways in our own lives, there's not much difference. Do you know, according to the word of God, that there's at least 1,007 years remaining on this earth? According to God's word, we, by God's word, I believe that we'll be raptured out as believers prior to any of those 1,007 years. But we don't know until that time when the earth will have that continuation of at least 1,007 years. 
that this earth isn't over yet. And though some may be talking about the end of the world, we need to be living in this world, walking as children of the light, that others can see the light of Christ in our lives, that others may see and glorify my Father, the Lord said in, I think, Matthew 5.14. We need to get serious about our faith in these last days. If we have to put the blinders on because of what the world is trying to teach us and say that it's okay, then put the blinders on. In fact, I would encourage you to do so. Make sure that you're guarding your heart and guarding your mind that you can walk as Christ would have you to walk. Expose yourself daily to God's word. Keep it near. Make sure that you're writing yourself by God's word, that you're walking the straight and narrow. And no, I'm not preaching perfection here. I'm preaching sinners who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, who desire to live as Christ would have us to live. And we all struggle to walk that right walk to be acceptable, that we can prove what is acceptable to the Lord. And I think sometimes as a church, we just need to wake up from our slumber and arise from the dead. Our dead works, let them go. That past, what's it going to do for you? But it's Christ who gives us light. Our hope, our future is in Jesus Christ. It's time that we fix our eyes upon him and run the race with endurance. Father, I pray that you would be with us. Thank you so much for your word. I ask, Lord, that you would just bless this fellowship. Father, I ask that you would bless us. You know, we get into Ephesians 5, and it gets challenging. Lord, because I read through these passages, and I, I look at things that I'm doing in my own life, and I think I need to do better, I need to correct that. That shouldn't be, yeah, we're going to be, in a few weeks, talking about marriage, it's going to be challenging, Lord. But challenge us, Lord. Challenge us by your word. Let your spirit, Lord, dig deep in our hearts to the very core of our souls. Lord, that you would get in us in such a way that you would get out everything that shouldn't be there. Lord, for those of us who have exposed ourselves to things that we wished we have not seen or heard or spoke, Lord, I pray that you would wash us by the water of your word, that your Holy Spirit would just cleanse us and purify our hearts, purify our minds, and then help us then to walk after you in, a, in truth and righteousness and all goodness. Let it be the character of our nature because, Lord, we are children of the light. Because, Lord, we are walking as you have walked. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. I'm a grandfather five times over now. And the older I get, the more responsibility I feel that I have to live a righteous life.
not just for my own walk and relationship with the Lord, but for my wife, for my two children, for my five grandchildren. And if the Lord tarries, I was looking. I mean, my dad died at 56. My grandfather died when he was 64. But my great-grandfather, I was so blessed to see that he lived to be 97 years old. <laughs> so I could live long enough to see great-grandchildren. I don't know if I will. But if I do, I want to live with such an integrity that every year I'm drawing closer to Christ and that my kids can see it. And as a pastor, I want it to be true for you guys, too in what you see out of me and what you expect from me. But what you expect from me, realize I expect that from you. I may preach the word, but we're all to live the word. And I pray that that would be our hope and our desire this day. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his grace would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.